from One World Trade Center in Manhattan, overlooking dozens of golf courses that will never have us as members, this is the Golf Digest Podcast. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Podcast. I'm Alex Myers, and today I'm joined by Kyle Thompson, the recent winner of the Great Exuma Bahamas Classic on the Web.com Tour. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Hope you're doing great. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, now, people who followed this tournament, there was some unusual stuff going on. For one, you had a Sunday start and a Wednesday finish, which I think is a very innovative idea by the Web.com Tour. But then you had just some crazy windy conditions down there in Bahamas. Talk about what, what that was like and, and how you were able to, to handle all that. Well, uh, it's funny. I just got off the phone with Dan Glaude. He's our new commissioner this year, and I uh, he called to congratulate me, and I was applauding him for, for having that Sunday to Wednesday mm-hmm. event. I think it's I think it's great for our tour. I think sure. it's good. We get some good exposure when, you know, normally all the focus is on uh, the PJ or Champions or LPJ, any other tour. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, I thought that was awesome. Um, as far as the weather is concerned, that was something I've never seen before. <laughs> I mean, I hit some shots last week that I, you just can't even practice, uh, you know, practice these shots. Usually if the wind's blowing out hard, I'm, I'm stay, I'm, I'm inside. I'm not, I'm watching from, you know, uh, behind the glass, but, um, you know, it was one of those weeks where everybody was in it. There was really no, no easy time. I mean, there's been times we've had tournaments where it starts at say 11 o'clock and blows every day starting at 11, but, um, playing last week, it blew all through the night, all through the day. It was just the, the wildest thing I've ever seen. It's just uh, strange. And, and it's a real shame because the the place is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. We, I flew in on a Thursday, and Friday and Saturday, the, the ocean looked like a lake out there. I mean, it was just unbelievable. <laughs> and so it goes from that to, I mean, basically like a hurricane yep. for the next uh, four days. So, it, but um Thankfully, I'm the last man standing. So. Yeah, definitely. You were you were the only person to finish under par for the week. So I mean, just incredible. I mean, in terms of, I saw you tweet um, that the first round was one of the top three most difficult rounds of your life. But w- would you say that the tournament as a whole was maybe the most difficult? I would definitely say it all. Yeah. Yeah. You hit the nail right on the head. Um, yeah, the first round was. Definitely top three, maybe maybe number one. I mean, it, it was a toss-up. The others were so long ago that mm-hmm. they were kind of blurry in my memory. But, I mean, I started my season off. I hit this drive down the middle, a little bit right of where I was aiming, and the wind blocked it straight right into the water. So <sighs> I walk up, you know, 220 yards, drop it, yeah. hit my next one with a five-wood. It gets nailed to go straight right in the water. So <laughs> my first two swings of the year resulted in lost balls into the water. Wow. And um, I somehow got up and down from like 70 yards for a double bogey. And um, birdie the next hole, 11. And to make a long story short, through six holes, I was six over starting my tournament. Right. So, you know, to, to start an event like that and you know to finish under par that was that just it was pretty pretty fun i guess yeah i think you you shot 76 the first day but you were just like a couple off i think and um you you, you mentioned six over through six holes i saw also seven double bogeys uh throughout the week but yet you come away with <laughs> yeah. a win i mean can, could you ever imagine <laughs> playing in a tournament like and, and usually the web.com tour is kind of known for low scoring events so this is a real yeah. difference well, I tell you, I, I texted my caddy um, 
on Thursday when the weather was calm. I texted him. I was walking the course because I flew in early. I, mm-hmm. I said, I said, Smiley, his name's Smiley. I said, Smiley, I, I, I've played a lot of golf. I've never seen a course any tighter than this one. Oh, and that was when it was. That's when it was calm. Right. And um, so you know, to when the wind starts blowing, it was just brutal. You had you had ocean on one side, you had out of bounds, and you had a lot of the thick brush. So if you hit the ball into it, you you wouldn't find your ball. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, that's probably a record that'll never be beat. Seven double bogeys <laughs> to win a golf tournament. So. <laughs> but, you know, I, I grew up on a golf course that had OB on 16 of the 18 holes left and right. So okay. a lot of that preparation of, you know, having to drive it straight is probably good for me. Mm-hmm. You mentioned losing a couple balls. Now, one of the guys in the field, Greg Eason, uh, he said on Twitter after now he shot rounds of 91 and 95. Again, this is incredible because these are you guys are everybody playing in this event is an incredible golfer and the the scores are crazy. But he claims that in two rounds he lost 32 golf balls. I wondered if there was any talk about that and and maybe how yeah. many golf balls you lost. Well, you know, I believe that he lost them, and he was tough. <laughs> and Greg is a good player. I played with yeah. Greg a lot last year, and the guy can play. And it's not like he's a, you know, a hack that somehow got into the thing. He right. just had a rough two days. But um, it, the funny, I haven't told anybody this story. I, I make the turn on Thursday, or I'll say Thursday, Sunday, the first round, and I'd already lost, I think, four balls, three or four balls in our front nine. <laughs> and I even put an extra sleeve in there to start the round off. I told my caddy, like, we need an extra sleeve of balls. And that's the same thing at breakfast I was talking about with some other pros. Everybody had at least one extra sleeve of balls in their bag. Well, uh-huh. I, make, I make the turn, and I'm playing the old Titleist ball, the you know, the 2015X ball. Mm-hmm. And um, I told him, I said, go over the driving range and grab some of those. We might need some of those just in case. It was the old 2015. It just said practice on the side. Did you you end up putting the the practice ones in play or did you not have to? Okay, you didn't have to get to that. Yeah. The back nine, my back nine that day, I shot two under without any bogeys. I played solid. Okay, there you go. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, the key to my week was my putting. Mm -hmm. On the front nine, I shot 10 under for the week, and I was eight over on the back nine, which is the more exposed nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I saw you did not have a three putt for the week, and that just seems incredible, especially considering that, that one video, I believe, of um, Ken Looper that went viral of him trying to putt and his, his hat just getting blown off the screen. He goes and retrieves it, puts it on, gets back over, makes the putt. But, like, it, it just seems like I don't know how you could concentrate <laughs> under those conditions. How did you not make a three-putt the whole week? Well, I don't even know how I did it. I putted <laughs> great. I didn't practice putting once this off season. I just showed up. I, I worked in my golf swing a lot but didn't mm-hmm. really putt any. And, um you know, I got down there, and I've been putting claw grip now since 2013. And mm. but in the high, high winds, yeah, it just wouldn't work. The putter is looping all over the place going back. So mm. I went to the conventional overlap for the really windy spots. There's like three spots around that back nine mm-hmm. that that you really just had to hang on for, for dear life. And so on those holes, I putted conventional style so um wow. maybe that kind of helped me a little bit to stay more steady when i needed to wow but you were switching in between round with, with the grips based on oh yeah, wow. it, yeah in between shot i mean Jeez. like i'd put it one way but then if, if the wind wasn't quite as strong now I, I would do my normal claw grips i feel more comfortable with it but um i made two or three putts putting you know conventional maybe i should revisit that feel <laughs> <laughs> um now this is your fifth career web.com tour title um, that's that's getting up there in terms of wins. What you know? What what were 
your goals coming into this year? I know obviously you came up just short last year uh, on the money list of earning your PGA Tour card. Uh, what were the goals this year com- coming in? Well, uh, like every guy that plays this tour, uh, my goal is to get to the PGA Tour. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I've had a nice run on the Web Tour, and I'm proud of my golf on the Web Tour, but it's it's not where I want to be. I want to mm-hmm. be um, doing these these great things on the PGA Tour, and sure. so hopefully this is my springboard to get back out there mm-hmm. and staying out there. Um, you know, I feel like I'm a better player now than when I was, you know, 25 or or even 30, 35. So mm-hmm. um, maybe I finally figured some stuff out. I, uh, you know, my last two seasons on the web tour, I had a sub-70 stroke average. That's the first time in my career I've had sub-70 stroke averages. Mm. I've been doing it a while. So, um, you know, I don't know. It's hard to explain. But hopefully this is like uh, turning the corner and um, maybe some better things to come. Sure. We'll see. What, what's been the, the two full seasons that you were on the PGA Tour – what was the biggest thing that held you back from keeping your card and staying out there? Well, my first year out there was 2008, and I just, you know, I kind of got out there. I was like a deer in headlights, you mm-hmm. know, and I know most of the guys, but I just, I wasn't myself. I got intimidated, and, you know, I'm I'm not afraid to, to say that, too. I, just, right. I, didn't, I didn't play my game. I didn't play Kyle Golf. I was trying to, you know, be somebody I wasn't. And, and I got back in 2012, and everything in my game was good. Actually, it was better than average. I was number one on the tour in 125 to 150 out of the fairway mm-hmm. by almost a foot and a half. I was number two out of the rough from that distance, and I was top, I think, 30 or 35 in every stat under 150. Hmm. And I had a full-blown case of the yips. I mean, it was oh, awful. Man. I was dead last in putting. Hmm. So that's when I, you know, tried to figure out something different. I went to the claw grip after that season and – changed to an odyssey putter as a center shafted putter as a suggestion of um, scott hamilton who i was working with then and um really helped me and um you know i went back and just i started playing a lot of mini tour golf i started playing um basically anything i could get into i didn't have any ego Mm -hmm. um i just decided hey let's just get back to winning again and i started winning a lot of stuff and building my confidence back up and um you know maybe kind of hitting rock bottom in 2012 has helped me to become the better player that I am now. Hmm. So. What do you? What, was it um, maybe pressure of being on tour that caused the putting problems, or, or where do you think um, that came yeah, from? Well, it was kind of there the year before when I got. You know, I in 2011 I won once and had had some other good finishes, but I had a lot of bulky weeks of the putter. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot, and um, I knew it. I, I could feel it there, but I I, I just never really try to do anything different about it because mm-hmm. i was still playing pretty good but you add in the pressure of the pga tour you know the perceived pressure i guess right and um you know it just got really funky it, it, and and the more i practiced it the worse it got like i, I would spend more time than anybody in a putting green and mm. it just kept getting worse and worse so mm. uh, my advice to anybody that's really struggling with part of your game is just kind of leave it alone for a bit mm. and uh work on the rest of your game and come back to it so yeah what um, uh, how does life differ on the PGA Tour versus the Web.com Tour on a week-to-week basis? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's uh, a big difference, obviously. But... It's very different. Yeah. You know, it's it's a difference that you really once you've been up and down, you've gone up to the PGA Tour and back down. You just really appreciate the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, 
nothing at all wrong with the web.com tour life, but it's just, you know, the money's just not there. So right. we, you know, we, we travel um, together a lot. We don't, you know, we don't um, we necessarily, we don't have our entourages like you see on the PJ tour. Everybody mm-hmm. out there has, you know, a trainer and their coach and right. a caddy and a, the caddy's caddy or whatever, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. And um, on the web tour, it's much more camaraderie. Everybody's pulling for each other. A lot mm-hmm. of friends out there. There's really no um, no big egos that mm-hmm. you're tiptoeing around or any of that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I think if you ask a lot of guys, it, if if you could have the money on the PGA Tour and the lifestyle on the Web Tour, you, you would enjoy it more mm-hmm. as far as the you know the, the way that the tour goes. So, it's really like a big family on the Web Tour. Interesting. And you mentioned the money. Obviously, that is the the big difference. And and you know you, you're traveling around. You got a, a ton of expenses. Obviously, as a tour pro. And I saw a couple years ago you you really you said you really thought about quitting, uh, being a, a pro golfer and and kind of getting a quote unquote I guess real job. And and then you know talk about that and and talk about I guess what happened at that that uh, tournament. Well, um, you know, 2015, I, I had very poor conditional status on the Web Tour. And, uh, you know, I told, uh, I told my wife again the year, I said, if, if nothing shakes loose, I'm out of here. And I had played 11 PGA Tour Monday qualifiers that year, and I qualified. I shot 65 and qualified into um, the, the event out in San Diego, mm-hmm. the Farmers. Yep. And I, I missed a cut. I pulled a muscle in my back on Tuesday in a practice round. I missed a cut by a shot or two shots or something. Mm. And then um, – you know, my highest round in the qualifiers, I think, was 70 or 71. I was playing great golf, but mm-hmm. I had zero to show for it, no money. Ugh. I had two kids then. I mean, I'm stressed out big time. Um, my last event that I'm going to get in for the for the season and for my career is Raleigh. It's a tournament that I'd won in 2007 and 11, and you get a four-year exemption. Hmm. So 2015 was my last year on that exemption. And, um, you know, I showed up with zero expectations. I went to my first NASCAR race the weekend before. I mean, I was just having a good time. I said, you know what? If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. It's like God's plan or whatever. And uh-huh. I got there. And I'm telling you, I played just great. And <laughs> won in a playoff. And uh, and just, you know, every time I think I'm, this game's got me beat, I, I somehow rebound. And um, it, it's hard to explain. But, I've yeah, I guess I'm pretty persistent. And I, I try to just keep, you know, keep plugging away. And, uh yeah, I've been very fortunate. That's incredible. And that that's the uh the Rex Hospital Open. Yes. And and, yeah, and a, you've won it three I won that event yeah, yeah, three times. Yeah. And I'm as I'm talking to you, I'm I'm pushing a stroller around my neighborhood. I've got my son, his name's Raleigh. And oh. he's our third child, so I named him Raleigh after winning in Raleigh three times. <laughs> that's great. That's great. What is it about that yeah. place? I mean, do you do you have a is it just the course that you like or is it uh or is it just fluky that you've happened to succeed so much there? Uh, yeah, I love the greens there. Mm-hmm. I, every time I play there, I feel like I, I can make everything. And, um, yeah, the lines look good off the tee. It doesn't necessarily favor a guy that hits it really far. you got to hit it pretty accurate, and you got to hit it um, the right sides of the hole to have a, a makeable putt. And um, I, I've played it enough now. I know it better than anybody. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's hard. To, it, is, it is definitely spooky. So. <laughs> Now, um, af- after that, after that win, I saw you got a letter from Arnold Palmer, congratulating you not only on the win, but kind of he knew about your your story and how you had almost quit. What what did that mean to you? And and you know, where do you keep that letter today? I guess. Well, that that letter was amazing. Um, my wife actually opened it and and almost threw it away. She thought it was spam. 
<laughs> and um, thank goodness she doesn't. But yeah, that that letter to me means more than that trophy that I won. Mm. I mean, I, I've got the letter proudly displayed in a nice. Um, right now, it's encased in in a nice frame, and I mm. uh, actually got it at the golf course Thornblade, where I'm a member of, mm. and, along with uh, the trophy from that event. So um, it's right there beside, like you know, some stuff that Jay Haas and Bill Haas have have won. Oh, cool. But um, yeah, yeah. So. That uh, that event's definitely been a career-saving event for me, and um, I always look forward to going back to Raleigh. There's so many great people I've met there over the years. Uh, did anyone special kind of reach out to you after this win? I mean, obviously, like you said, you, you kind of got more exposure from this because of the, the crazy conditions and because of the, the Wednesday finish. It, it seems like maybe this might have been the most you were in the spotlight for, for winning an event. Well, that's one thing about this event that I really love because I have won five times, and this is the first time that I've been on TV, <laughs> which is, you know, like yeah. you always want to win on TV. Sure. And so the other four wins are awesome. I'm not taking anything away from them, but until you have the cameras on you when, you, when you're under the gun, yeah. um, it doesn't quite feel as um, satisfying, I guess. Right. So this is, this is great to win, you know, under the lights. But, uh, you know, I got the text from all my, my usual buddies that we text each other when we do well. You know, Martin Laird, Lucas Glover, Zach Johnson, uh, Ches Reeve. I mean, there's, I kind of lost track. I had 404 messages, I believe, wow. when I finished doing all my interviews the other day and um, checked my phone finally. So, um, yeah, it's, it still hasn't quite sunk in. But, you know, I know that I know this event is great. It's great to win and all that, but... I learned my lesson last year. Last year, I finished second in the first event of the year in Panama mm-hmm. and didn't get my card. I just, mm. I kind of got a little sloppy and lazy with mm-hmm. my routines and, you know, got some bad habits. And so um, that's not going to be the case this year. I'm going to, you know, full steam ahead, try to uh, not only lock up a card, but try to finish way up there on the money list and try to get number one. That's that's my goal. Yeah, I was going to ask you if this kind of changes your outlook. I mean, that that's perfect what you just said. That makes sense. But it does have to you know, take a little pressure off you, I would imagine, just having gotten off to such a nice start. It definitely does. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely does. It's nice to, you know, if you miss the first few cuts, you, you start pressing a little bit and you get behind the eight ball, and and that's not that's hard to play from that position too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's going to take away some of the pressure, but I've got a lot of self-imposed pressure that I want to do. I want to do well, you know. I'd love to um, walk in the, in the shoe steps of fellow Gamecock Wesley Bryan, what he did last year. He oh, played yeah. amazing golf. So, yeah, I'd love to uh, kind of push him for that money title and try to be, maybe make more money than he made last <laughs> year, which would be, be hard to do. He played great. So Yeah, he had a heck of a year. Um, now, I think you are definitely the only tour pro I've seen in your Twitter profile. You have a link to Set Free Alliance, and this is – a group, I guess, that is is um, helping to end child slavery. I guess what? How did you get drawn into that? Maybe maybe talk a little about about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, so the church that I go to here in Greenville, South Carolina, Brookwood Church, they we've supported this this charity for a couple of years, my wife and I, and um, it was crazy. I, I mentioned all those Monday qualifiers I was doing last year. I, I was actually flying home from San Antonio. I shot sixty nine or seventy, missed by a few. And I'm on a Southwest flight, and I've got the C card, so I know I'm stuck in the middle somewhere, and I'm looking for two skinny guys to sit between. And, <laughs> um, you know, I shimmy down between these two guys, and we sit there, and I pull my hat down low. I'm not really looking, you know, not, didn't want to talk. I'm tired. Well, halfway through the flight, I look up, and the guy's got this Set Free Alliance video going, you know, like that we had seen in church. And I said, 
oh, do you go to Brookwood? And we start talking. Mm-hmm. And um, he actually is one of the main guys on the charity. And his name is David Moorhead, and he goes over to India all the time. That's where they focus all their money is in India. Okay. And so we start talking. I said, well, David, listen, uh, there's no chance. I'm, I'm not getting him any more starts this year, but I'd love to, if you're okay with it, I'd love to wear the logo on my sleeve. He's like, sure, that'd be great, you know, and didn't think much about it. Well, then I go and win Raleigh, and I got some exposure for it then. Mm-hmm. And then I won last week, and, like, you know, my picture the other day was on Times Square, and all you see is that huge Set Free Alliance logo on the sleeve. So, um, you know, who knows? But his uh, this charity is an awesome charity. They've So far they've rescued a couple thousand kids that were um, sold by their, their families into slavery. Wow. That's usually how it happens. These, these parents, they get in a lot of debt, and mm-hmm. the only way they can get out of the debt is to sell one of their, you know, six or seven kids. That mm. They'll sell off the youngest one, and these kids go work in rock quarries, Ugh. and they're being abused. I mean, it's, it's just the worst thing you could ever Ugh. see. And this charity now has built a school that is teaching these kids not only about, um, you know, schooling, but it's teaching them life skills. It's also teaching them about Christianity. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to teach them um, a skill, whether it be carpentry or sewing for the girls, something so that when they leave that school, they have a trade and they can go um, earn money. And a lot of these kids that have already graduated school, they're they're now donating some of their own money back to the school. So eventually the school will be self-funding. So it's, um, it's a really neat uh, charity. I'm really proud to be involved with them. That's great. That is really great. Um, back, back to your golf, I, I saw... Uh, you made a huge jump in the in the world ranking. I don't know if you follow this stuff as much, but um, you went from number- two eighty nine. Yeah, there you go, all the way up there. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, just when you know, and people might say, "Oh, that doesn't sound like that high," but I looked last year. Rod Pampling, when he won in the fall in an event that he he really almost wasn't even supposed to be in, but it was a PGA Tour clerical error. He was ranked number four hundred and fifty one. And he was yep. 47 years old, and he wins on the PJ Tour. I just do you when you see a story like that. Does that motivate you? You say you, you have great perseverance, but does that help you even keep going and, and think that that could happen to you? Well, it definitely does. Yeah. I I don't honestly I don't get too much in the world ranking stuff other than I've got a personal goal of getting inside the top hundred. So mm-hmm. that's the only mm-hmm. reason I look at it. Right. Um, you know, a lot of tournaments base your base your entry into them based on your world ranking on the PJ Tour, but sure. You know, world world rankings on the web tour really don't matter. Mm-hmm. But um, so it's great to see a guy like Rod win. I've played a lot of golf with Rod. Solid, solid guy and solid player. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, over my years, I've played golf with so many guys that have won on the PGA Tour. And I'm not diminishing from any of their talents, but I feel like I can compete with those guys. You sure, know, like I sure. feel like I should be able to do what they're doing. And you know, a lot of it's uh, a lot of it's mental. A lot of it's you know some good breaks and whatnot, be in the right place, right time, all those right. sort of things. But um, hopefully it'll be my time soon, you know? Yeah, no, and, and you know, it was interesting. I read an interview with him recently. He he says that even through all the, the tough times and whatnot, he, he still loves the game as much as he ever has. And I just wonder, from your perspective, I mean, is that similar? I mean, because it just seems like you said there's so many great players out there that uh, you, you have to love the game to really – try to keep doing this sure I, I i definitely love the game i've got like every tour pro in the world probably i've got a, a love hate relationship with the game and there's <laughs> times when you know we all work hard there's nobody that plays you know high level golf that doesn't work hard sure. you know in their own way some guys work harder than others but 
not all guys need to work the same, but right. you know, a lot of times you just don't get out of the game what you put into it, and that's the real frustrating thing I, I think for all of us is when you work, 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 but yet you you get worse or you, you're you know you're not meeting your goals or whatnot. And any other job in the world, most other jobs, if you work really hard, you get you get rewarded every time. You know, right. like if you spend the hours, you get rewarded. And with golf, um, you know, you don't. It's just not always the case. So when you do have a win. Um, you just got to really enjoy it because mm-hmm. you never know if it's going to be your last. And um, I, I feel so fortunate to to win that golf tournament. And but you know, in the scheme of things, it doesn't really change my life. I'm I've got a great family and great, uh, awesome kids. Everybody's safe and healthy. And um, you know, so so in a way, it's great that I won. But I, I got to keep it in perspective. It's not the end. It's not the you know the end of uh, or not the end of it's not you know it's not everything to me so right, right. well well Kyle thank you but, so much for uh for taking the time and congratulations on the, on the win and and uh your work with the Set Free Alliance and and good luck with achieving your goals at getting to the top 100 I, I think it's going to happen this year keep keep it up man well well thank you <laughs> hopefully if not this year soon that'd be great Alex so <laughs> I appreciate you guys um giving me some exposure as well as the web.com tour you got it man take care good luck the rest of the season Thank you very much. Take care. Thanks again to Kyle Thompson for joining us today, and thank you again for listening. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Thanks, and see you next week.